For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, your host for this episode of Under the Dome for Monday, November 29th, 2019. And greetings to Danielle Vitaglia, our, greetings. <laughs> our DC correspondent, uh, joining me today to talk about what's going on in North Carolina politics for this week. And a lot of the North Carolina politics down here in Raleigh is done-ish, most of the, mostly. So our uh, North Carolina political factor is what is the delegation everyone doing um, up at Congress. So Danielle, what um, what's going on this week? Tell us. I what have to, watch. to say first that I find it really rude of the North Carolina House and Senate to wait until I leave to shut down for the year, sort of, sort of shut down for the year, but. We are alive and well up here at the Capitol, and um, there's a couple things. I will not swear that this is going to happen this week, but it's things that we need to be looking at this week in Congress, one of which is the Build Back Better program that we've been hearing a lot about. It's a $1.7 trillion social spending and climate bill. And um, I don't know if you guys saw that marathon of a speech that Kevin McCarthy gave on the House floor. I want to say it was Thursday night, but my days are running together. But it was an eight and a half hour speech, the longest speech in history, talking about the Build Back Better plan, amongst other things. And eventually the House voted it through. Very long story to get to that. So um, it's moving on to the Senate. It was approved by the House, moving on to the Senate. The Senate needs all 50 caucus members for the Democrats to vote it through. Um And any changes like North Carolina politics, any changes to the bill, it will have to go back through the House. And this has been debated for months and months on end. So they really don't want it going back that that direction. Um, But they do want to get it passed before the midterm elections, because, you know, that's coming up, especially North Carolina politics. We're going to see that the first week of December. I think it's like the 7th through the 18th. Actually, December 6th is filing day through the 18th. Yes. 17th. Um, I didn't look at the end date, but I noticed when the start date, because I put it in a story, December 6th. I will say I have worked nonstop since I got to the Capitol and numbers just are all mixing up in my brain. Speaking of numbers, the other thing to watch out for is conversations about the debt ceiling, which have to pick back up soon because our Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, is saying that we could reach our debt ceiling on December 15th. And if we do that, um, we can no longer make payments as the government can't make payments and it could risk our sovereign risk rating and future interest rates. And so um, they need to raise the debt ceiling by December 15th or default. Now, I did see some articles come out this morning that say they could extend it through January. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. But as of right now, the deadline's December 15th. So I would say those are the two big things to be watching for um, as we come back from Thanksgiving. One thing to note, if you missed it uh, ahead of Thanksgiving, is that the the Christmas tree arriving at the White House was from the best state in the country, North Carolina. So shout I was out! I'm very excited about that. It's it's very exciting. It was from Jefferson Farm out there. I think we're gonna have a story this Sunday, so it will be the day before you guys hear this and it's going to be about the Christmas tree farms in North Carolina. So that's exciting. So check it out online if, as, um, when you finish listening to our podcast, if you haven't read that yet. And I so, learned the horse carriage carriers, the horses names are Ben and Winston, which I just find adorable. That so. was a good, a good detail from the white house pool reports, which are 
more fun to read some days than than others. Yesterday was definitely one of the more fun days. So over at the General Assembly, uh, there's, you know, at all, all y'all know that the budget is signed into law. Um, Yay. Yes, it's very just incredibly exciting and, and unbelievable. But it doesn't mean doesn't mean our my work as a reporter covering the budget is done or, or the state's work. I know. Right. <laughs> so, there's many more stories to come, some of which um, are posting this week will have posted by the time that uh, that you all are listening uh, so there's some technical corrections for the budget that could come this week. Uh, the way the House and Senate left things before the the Thanksgiving break uh, was that they, you know, were, were looking to this week to to do some minor things. So we'll see we'll see what happens out there. Um, and if, I mean, redistricting is done, so maybe a few surprises before they adjourn for probably over. Um, I'd say maybe December. We'll we'll see how long, but it'll be um, it'll be some weeks after talking to um, to Morenberger as far as their plans are. So really, what we're watching on the on the state government level is campaigns. Uh, last week, you heard Danielle and Brian Murphy talking about the congressional races, and and all of that is connected. So everyone that's running for Congress who was in the legislature leaves open a spot. And so we have this shift of not everyone goes from local to state to federal or state to federal or, or, or some people retire from state government and then go become a local politician. Um, so not everybody does that, but a lot of it um, is, is a factor there. So one, I guess, perfect example of the dominoes connected is that in District 6, which was um, retiring Representative David Price's district, which was four and now it's six because of the maps, had a, a really crowded field at first for the primary. And we, we probably still will have one. But one of those potential candidates who was considering is Matt Hughes, a uh, Hillsborough commissioner. Hughes now is not running for Congress. He is running for the North Carolina House. And the reason he's running for the North Carolina House is that Representative Greg Meyer is running for the North Carolina Senate. So you see kind of the shifting of things as people decide um, how they, uh, where they want to run, how they want to run, and, and all those factors. So I think we could see more of that. There's We already know of other lawmakers like um, Bobby Hannig is running for the Senate, who's a current House member. So some people want to switch chambers. Some people want to go to Congress. Some people are just peacing out. Uh, we've got Charles Graham is running for Congress. We've got um, Erica Smith, who was running for U.S. Senate is now running for Congress, but was um, in the state Senate. So it's a lot of the same players and pieces moving around. So you my know, prediction my, is we'll see more of that, right? My, oh, yeah, we're going to see a lot more. I mean, there's still names on the table. So like we knew Don Davis, James Galliard, um, Erica Smith. We're going to make some changes this week. And they've all filed for District 2, which is G.K. Butterfields. He was District 1. That became 2 under the new maps. He has announced he's retiring because he's kind of tired of the racial gerrymandering that's and the partisan gerrymandering. He's blamed both, but just said he was over it and wants to work behind the scenes to stop that from happening. So that left room for everybody, and I mean everybody, to run for District 2. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to see a lot of dominoes falling from just people we've heard um, – that Heist could be running in District 14. We've heard Deanna Ballard could be running in 14. Um, so you're seeing a lot of moving movement with state lawmakers 
into federal level, but also from the local level to the state level. And just everybody's moving around. You really got to pay attention. There's a shell game going on. Right. I mean, I feel like we're like, you know, that gif of the guy on the wall with the maps and the strings around all the tax or the districts yeah. and stuff. It, it is a lot to keep track of. Um, and we'll, we'll do our best. And, and another thing that, Danielle, you'll be watching, of course, is how how much the North Carolina delegation is going to change now that yeah. you know, Butterfield and Price are these huge figures and both are retiring. So that well, changes things a lot. And everyone says we're a battleground state. You know, we're kind of purple, but like we don't have our maps are basically it depends on who you ask how they categorize it. But it's majority Republican. We are losing two Democrats. Um and we've got three Democratic districts open. So like districts that lean blue. Um, so the voters tend to vote Democrat. And then there, G.K. Butterfield's the one that the reason he got upset was he was put into a new district that leans so slightly to the left that it's the most flippable. Um, like it's, it's very marginal that it's, it leans more Democrat. So I think the Republicans are hoping to capture that seat as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to pay attention to right now with both redistricting. Also, the maps are being challenged in court. So all of this could be for naught at some point soon. Goodness gracious. And then also with the, the, you know, the General Assembly, the Republicans lost their supermajority to Democrats, uh, I guess two elections ago. So they could take that back. You know, a lot of, uh, people have floated that as, as one of the factors in, the grand budget eventual compromise deal-ish, as I've described it, um, because, uh, you know, if when you have divided government, uh, things play out differently when um, than when you don't. So we'll see what, what I'm sure the ground game of, of both Democrats and Republicans is going to be a huge focus for those legislative races. My favorite part on the local level is, um, I don't know if you guys aren't paying attention as closely as Don and I do, but there's like a rivalry between the House and the Senate. So seeing House members try to run for the Senate just amuses me to no end, which it shouldn't. But it does because it's always the House is better than the Senate or the Senate's better than the House. And I think the Senate thinks it's better than the House. Yeah. I mean, generally, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's certainly a different... Uh, different vibe in that in that chamber so it'll be interesting to see how house members who are in like the rowdy chamber uh, <laughs> how they'll act when they're when they're over in the senate so we'll find out we get better seats in the senate but we get access to water in the house so it's kind of a toss-up which one i like better oh it's, yeah our press corners yeah i like the table in the senate that's nice yeah it's very quiet though if you drop something everybody is hurt, oh yeah where the the house has a lot of um under undercurrent side conversations most of the time that's that's why more wields his gavel so loudly I think. so loudly yeah it'll wake you up so. all right so we'll see what's going on this week with campaign announcements and massive congressional legislation and maybe a little bit of North Carolina legislation that's that's to be determined but we hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving break and are excited about what's to come and we're you know going into just only about a a month left in the year so that's crazy 2022 on the horizon so 2022 no, right? <laughs> All right, Danielle, thanks for joining me. For Danielle Vitaglia, I'm Don Vaughn. We'll talk to you next time. 
For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.